There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Rise and shine, St. Louis. It's the Ryan Kelly Morning After on KPN-TFM HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. At the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com. With Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, and Action Jackson. 707, give or take three minutes. You are listening to the Ryan Kelly Morning After. We are in the Michelob Ultra Studios. Welcome to the Mug and Ass St. Louis Acura Alton Toyota 7 o'clock hour. Timothy Michael McKernan, Doug LaSalvin Vaughn, The Plowhawk. Kenneth Iggy Strode, Action Jackson with you on the program, and you are welcome to be a friend of the feather and text in to our EDF group text inbox, 314-881-TMA5. Call in. Press conference Friday, you said, Doug? I didn't say that, no. But you would like it to be. No, I think the phone lines are poison in nature. 636-9004-TMA and email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling. Email the day, the morning after at insidestl.com. And, uh, Doug, the Cardinals are coming, tra-la, tra-la, and this is going to be a fun world championship. Uh, what are you uh, doing for your coverage on KMOV? Uh, well, I will be going back to work full-time there. Nice. If the Cardinals go to the World Series. Uh, not, not really. They don't want anything to do with me at this point. But it is kind of frightening that uh, to think they've played the best baseball they've played of the year That's here right. in the last week or so, won six in a row, and they're still ten out. Eight and a half in the wild card. Yeah, here it comes. Yeah. See, this is when you need help. You know, you can't just rely on your winning streak. you got to hope that, you know, the Brewers and, you know, kind of tank and go on a losing streak because they're kind of hot. Well, they're just, as I look at the wild card, uh, I guess the threat there is, is the Reds because the other, there's three teams ahead of them that are just like a game or so ahead of them in the wild card. The Reds, they're... Uh, so the Reds yeah, have well, a seven-and-a-half game lead in the one The card. Reds are one out in Miami. I guess Miami and, and the Phillies are the teams they're going to have to catch if they get there. Hard to believe we've been talking about that, though. Fight Cardinal. Yeah, because it would take – it would almost take another six in a row. They'd have to get that. Then they're three games under five hundred. <laughs> yeah. It's going to screw up the trade deadline because they're going to think, ah, oh, we're playing good right now and we're only seven and they're not going to do anything and then – I'm sure it makes it a little harder. It gives them reason to think, but – I, I imagine the decision has been made already that we're going to have to try to get what we can for Flaherty and Montgomery. I would think. I don't know, man. John Denton was on with me on uh, 101 yesterday, and he said he expects one of them to be traded. And it isn't Flaherty and Montgomery. No. Both Carlson and O'Neill would be likely, in his opinion. He said the way you look at and, and then potentially Helsley and Hicks, 
He said the way you look at the way Mazalak has traded historically is when there is perceived, and I think that's an important word, perceived depth at a position, that's where he trades from. Yeah, well, that would make sense. So uh, if there is indeed perceived depth at shortstop, so keep an eye on that, in the outfield, closer, and then with the free agent situation, because there certainly isn't depth in the rotation, but the fact that those guys are free agents and they are going to get paid. He said, Jackson, confirm these numbers to me. I thought he said Montgomery is going to get $100 million plus and Flaherty would likely get uh, a little less just because of the shoulder situation. If I remember correctly, it was $20 million AAV. <clears throat> for, for both of them? For Flaherty, I don't remember what he said about that. I thought it was 25 for Montgomery. That sounds about right, but I do remember I him saying in 20. Four, in, four, in four years, yeah. so to give you an idea of where that is. That is they that had is talked just... with him, and there just isn't interest. And the, the Montgomery said you know, they had a chance before the season and didn't take it, and Boris likes to get his clients to free agency. That's where you drive things up. Oh. And uh, and that's what now being two and a half months away, that's what they will most likely be doing. So if he mentioned Helsley and Hicks, he thinks there's depth in the bullpen. Uh, depth at closer. Who's the up? Who would they? Helsley and Hicks. Yeah. So, so if you, you trade, trade them, what's the depth? Trade, then you trade one. Oh, one. Okay. Man, I don't know. I love. I was all about. Tra- you know, signing Montgomery. I didn't know it'd be twenty-five mil a year, though. <laughs> Seems that, like see, a lot for t- a guy who's just a little bit better than average. I, I uh, all you it don't, takes is two teams. And you don't yeah. want to dip your toe in the, you know, just solely rely on free agency. Because then you're doing bidding wars at that point. Um, but man, that that's a lot for him. I mean, he's having a decent year. He's had a good run with Cardinals. Yeah, he's been a good pitcher. Very good. He mm-hmm. really has. I think I'd rather. Test my chances on Flaherty, but I don't think Flaherty wants to be here anyways. Well, I don't think you're going to keep either one of them. I mean, you may only be able to trade one, but I don't think either one will be on the team next year. I wouldn't overpay for either of them. You know what I mean? Like, I would I'd certainly have a set number in mind, and that's that. Well, if, if Montgomery and Boris don't want to do anything now before the end of the season, the Cardinals aren't going to take a chance that maybe we can sign them in the offseason if you get nothing for them. No, you'd get a, a compensatory draft pick, I guess. That's it. But, you know, that's hit and miss. You don't know that those draft picks are going to be serviceable major league players. Good for Jordan Montgomery. That's why I think I would I would rather trade and get something uh, in return with a much higher percentage chance of that guy being a major leaguer. You, you get one of their top prospects in AAA or something, and there's a pretty good chance that that guy's going to be a major league pitcher. You just draft some kid out of high school or college, you don't know, and you may be two or three years away from knowing. Well, they did have, early in the season, they did have one stretch like this, didn't they, where they got to within like nine under, I think they were like 15, and they got to to nine games under, and they were playing well, like one eight out of 11, something like that. Then they went on their... Yeah, fell back again. Let's go back to where we were. That was in early May. This is the longest winning streak of the season, but yes, in early May, they mounted a charge. This is kind of the team that we, well, the optimist anyway, thought the Cardinals had coming in. They're scoring some runs, and when you score runs, you know, the pitching is, is not so glaring. If you, if you can score. And Steven Matz is five, dealing six. in his last two yeah. starts, Doug. Uh, Cliff Floyd's on the Cubs postgame show. He, uh, 
he knew what it sounds like going in, that the fact that Steven Matz was the starter for the Cardinals, it was going to be a tough, tough go for the Chicago Cubs. Let's take a listen. It's a lever uh, You don't hit a guy early on. You start wondering, you know, like, like how we're going to get to him. You're missing your pitch. You, you, you know, you're fouling off fastballs up in the zone. He's striking out a few guys. You can see him. He's, he started to get that strut off the mound, uh, and he's settled in nicely. And sometimes you just got to pitch your cap to the pitcher. Like, I, I tip your cap to the pitcher. No, I ain't I mean, tipping my cap to a cat that's 0 7 with a 6. Uh, <laughs> I, I ain't sleeping good tonight. Hey, the dude was all-star. <laughs> when? This year? No. Oh, well, then, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I don't care about a, what he did. It's a results-based uh, business. You didn't care what and, Cody Bellinger did. the result did. that Stephen Matz got tonight. God, that's, that's, that's my kind of post-game show. I love this. That is my. Can you imagine them putting that on Bally Sports Midwest? For a number of reasons. Yeah, that would never work. That is hilarious. That is uh, that is my kind of post-game show. I ain't tipping my hat to that. Matt's ZRA. ERA is down to 4.67. That's not horrible in today's okay, game. Okay, Doug, we are not. Oh, we are here not. comes the I like this Matt's. We're just I think not. it was a good signing. Here, here comes the We're not doing this, Don't you have a bet with Stephen Wildwood on Stephen He Wilds? already paid me. I th- It was his first win of the year, Doug. I will make sure. if So if he... Gets nine more starts and wins those nine, then I will make sure to Venmo Stephen Wildwood back. But I don't know. I mean, he'll get more starts, obviously. But oh yeah, he's in the rotation the rest of the way. How many has he got to get? He got to get to ten oh, wins. I don't think that. Don't <laughs> ten wins math this is, year. I don't know if the math is even there. I don't think they have nine nine more starts. I, yeah, I think you might be. Uh, Darren, which one is it? Dewitt won't spend the money now. I would never pay him that much. Stop flip flopping. Well, I'm the t- 314. I would pay a pitcher $25 million a year, but I would want to pay the right pitcher. I don't know if Jordan Montgomery is the right pitcher to give a $100 million <laughs> pitching contract to. They haven't done that, have they? Wainwright got to $96 million. They have been I mean, uh, averse to spending money on those kinds of pitching contracts. That we, is one of the reasons why I believe they didn't even go down the Max Scherzer road. So you avoid Max eight, Scherzer. You avoid a lot of guys. And this is the guy. And I'm not bashing Jordan Montgomery. It's just that would be a surprise that this would be their first $100 million yeah. pitcher would be Jordan Montgomery type. Ooh. I'm fine spending $25 million a year on a pitcher. I just, th- that might be a little bit of an overpay for him. I could be wrong, but... They've given Michaels two nice contracts. I hadn't totaled $100 million. No, no. They've been more short-term million. deals. That's that's yeah. that's what it's been for Wayne people outside the organization. My that's times that's have a changed. key thing. Remember when uh, A-Wright signed a contract for $25 million a year, and we thought, oh, my God. <laughs> now we're giving mediocre pitchers $25 yeah. million a year. I remember Ozzie Smith got $1 million a year ago. Yeah, Holy I remember that. smokes, are you kidding me? Yeah, he was the highest paid player. I thought it was like yeah. close to two, but either way, he was the highest paid player at two million. And I mean, the, the league average. I, I think the first guy to make a million was Cesar Cedeno. Is that right? Because of his I, great second half with the Cardinals in 1985? No, because he was a superstar with Houston for years. I, if I'm not mistaken, he was the first to get to a million a year. That's a good trivia question. Nolan Ryan. I, is that what it said, Nolan Ryan? Yeah. Wow. Became baseball's first million dollar man. How do you oh, do? Okay. But, yeah, I want him to spend a ton of money. But, like, I mean, the Jordan Montgomery, 100-plus million, could be more than that. Matter of fact, Nolan Ryan was the first pro athlete to make a billion dollars in a single season. Really? What year was that? 19 and 79. And he would have been with Houston at that point? What? Yep. Jackson, could you type in what that would be in today's terms? Sure. A little inflation calculator. Nice. It's fun. Fun, 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 fun. A million and 79? I bet it would be... 
eight, nine? Probably. That sounds about right. I thought Pele made a million dollars. Doug, do you say Pele or Pele? Well, but he was a soccer player. I think well, Iggy's Jack, right. Jack Pele. said first athlete to make a million. I don't know. Well, I'm sure he, you didn't. It was like a million that wasn't you that you said it, Jackson. I'm sure somebody else posted that, but where he looked it up. But I would have thought Pele made a million dollars at some point. Well, this might just be contracts. Pele probably had it in a bunch of different Dorsons, ways. Yeah. Uh, Four point four million today. Mm. Way off. Yeah. Just seems like a lot. I mean, four times. Is four times is great. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Well, Lord knows the ticket prices have gone up a lot more than four times. Yeah, but no one Ryan the concessions today have gone up a lot more than four times what they were back then. Oh, that's a fact. No Telev- television. Yeah. I mean, but in '79, you could get a decent ticket for five or six bucks. Now the same ticket's 120 or something. Yeah, but they didn't have a helmet nachos. Yeah, but you get free food. Well, not some of those hundred-dollar tickets. You don't. Was there a time to where it wasn't just hot dogs? Peanuts, Cracker Jacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You could always get a burger and stuff like that. Okay, I, I didn't know back at like Sportsman P what the the food sitch was like. Yeah, we barely had food back in the 70s. I didn't say you barely had food, but I, I meant the options now are just insane. Oh, yeah. Like it's yeah. just over. If you are looking to throw a wager on the surging Cardinals, Doug, they're now plus 1,200 right. to win the National League Central, so that number I thought was plus 1,100 yesterday. That's weird, but maybe I'm off. Maybe it was plus 1,200. And the uh, the obvious pennant, uh, plus 8,000, so quickly throw 100 on that, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll have 8,000 when they do that, and uh, when they win the World Series. So you put 100 on that, you'll win 12,500. Nice. So, so there you go. Knock that out real I quick. I imagine those odds will change wildly here at the trade deadline, depending on what they do. You know, if they, give up, if they trade away a couple starters, that number will go way up, I would think. Uh, Brent, ben Fredrickson wrote a column this morning in the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, and I, I asked John Denton yesterday on Balloon Party, he said, I, I, I know it's not like anybody has been reporting this or even speculating on it. My favorite move the Cardinals could make would be trading away Wilson Contreras. Uh, nothing personal, but when you have that kind of contract for a player who isn't going to play the position you signed him to play and he still has 70-plus million dollars due on it, it would be a great thing for your business if you could unload, um, not dead weight per se, but money that you certainly, if you could go back, you wouldn't spend. Uh, and so Ben Fredrickson writes this morning, carrying three catchers forever won't work. And the Cardinals have hinted there could they could, they could be revisiting Wilson Contreras' role, in parentheses, again this offseason as Ivan Herrera blooms. Could that make Andrew Kisner a chip? Uh, and I just, as I see that, and I wasn't aware of that, have you heard any talk of them no. revisiting his role again? No, but what are you going to get for Andrew Kisner? Uh, that, that's, I also wondered that, but in, <laughs> yeah. a, in addition to it, uh, I mean, what is the revisiting? He doesn't really catch, you know, 75% of the games no. as it is. So what, what is he going to be doing? I don't know if anybody would be interested. I realize, so Denton goes, we were we were actually talking about that in the press box the other night, and we thought DeWitt would have to eat $40 million. I'm like, okay, well, if that is the case, then I shall stop with my Wilson Contreras Hail Mary uh, trade idea for the trade deadline because obviously they wouldn't do that, and understandably so. The, Steve Cohen wouldn't do that. But uh, I thought maybe if they uh, included, uh, you know, a prospect 
and unloaded Contreras' dollars. God, what that could do for the organization to free yeah. that money up. Holy crap. Assuming they would then use it wiser than they did the last time. Right, but you're freeing up money, and that's value. And that's why I loved the Alan Craig trade a decade ago. He was he was done, unfortunately. Uh, the Red Sox didn't necessarily know that, see that, and so they were able to unload that. And really the price of that deal became Joe Kelly. But uh, if you have a player who you know you are not high on, and, of course, everybody else in baseball is aware of that as well. It's not like we're going to sneak a breaking ball by. But uh, if you can unload that and perhaps the other organization goes, well, we can, you know, we'll utilize them at, at catcher and at first base and at DH, and you're going to give us a huge prospect for it to free up those kinds of dollars, that to me is a huge move for the team. Now, Contreras has been raking here in July. Uh, so ideally, that increases his stock. But from the standpoint of paying him that kind of money, and again, if they're going to revisit his role when it's not like he's catching a whole lot, uh, you know, relative to what the organization planned on doing with him when they signed him to that deal, that would be that would be something that would certainly uh, intrigue me. And I don't know if it's got any chance of happening whatsoever, to be clear. But when you got a guy who's under contract in ages 33, 34, 35, 36 for 18 million. Um, that would be something that I would love to see them do. I have no idea if it's got any chance of happening, but that's the one that I want to see. You need a contender to have a catching injury. A desperate, wealthy contender yeah. to have a catching problem. Yeah. Anything Sorry. else I don't think would would make sense. Somebody probably needs to get hurt. No more of those contenders, a catcher. Yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> I don't think I, you said hurt. If somebody's looking, I, said, I think for, I said injured. So if somebody's looking for one, <laughs> I said injured probably. and not hurt. That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's Man. exactly what it's going to take. I think. We, I think we all just. I just missed that part. I heard you said somebody looking for a catcher. So, like a, the Braves, if if Sean Murphy were to go down. And the Braves thinking, we got a shot to win it all this year. I don't know. They decided to do a But, I mean, if, if he's out for the year, if he gets hurt, breaks a leg or something, he's out for the year, and they want to say, well, we got to do something this year. That's just an, <laughs> the kind of team that. Guys, they're going to turn Contreras into a pitcher. Thanks. That's from Mr. Siders. Welcome to the show, Boots. Oh. It's a hunchback of Uncastle. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That's a whistle. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Probably. Guys, I've decided there's no way this guy's serious. That's from Bud Ice Biscuits and Gravy. Bud Ice Biscuits and Gravy. Plowsy, that's a good-looking donut you got over there. Chocolate with sprinkles on it. Chocolate with sprinkles, Bill. baby. You know what I like to watch? Jordan Walker's home run looked like he had about 50% swing speed. Yeah. And it that at least we have one thing to look at if we miss the playoffs and we're 10-plus games out at the end of the year. And This win streak means nothing. At least you can look at that and go, okay, we got a cornerstone guy. Right? Like It sure looks I mean, like it. He yeah. looks the part. Couldn't agree with you more on that part. Yeah. It just looks like he is that guy. I, 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 I don't know. It's just hard to – maybe it's a little too early to judge. There's a lot of players that have one, you know, really good year and yeah. a couple injuries happen and boom. But, man, that guy looks like uh, a machine. I was legitimately surprised to see him hitting eighth last night. What are uh, they doing with that? But, you know, he hasn't had a great July <laughs> – relatively speaking, because there have been some guys who've had great Julys. At the same time, Nolan Gorman really uh, had been struggling, and it's not like they dropped him down to eighth, so I have I have no idea. Tyler O'Neill was hitting seventh. Walker was hitting eighth. And, and Walker's hitting 282. 
I would ha- I would want him to get as many at bats as possible. I think I would put him second. Move Goldschmidt to third, Arnold to fourth. He's a perfect two yeah, hitter. Give him as many at bats as you can with some protection behind him. Like you play you play him as much as you can at this stretch, just to get him ready even for next year, just so he knows how mm-hmm. to do a full slate of game, play you know a few series in a row without getting sent you know being sat down. His on base percentage is is not. Not great. 339. He doesn't walk much. But, yeah, gosh, the upside there is so great that I, I don't know why you want to bury him at the back of the lineup. It's take, not like he's a not like he's a prissy little schoolgirl who's going to have his feelings hurt if he makes a couple of outs. He doesn't change the lineup. Couldn't possibly often. handle the pressure of batting higher in the lineup. Yeah, like the first three months of the season, I mean, nothing changed. Even when Arenado was struggling, it's because he had Contreras hitting behind him who was hitting a buck 20. He would never change the lineup. When Burleson is in, he hits like sixth, too. That's, the, that's my issue with the lineup, though, when they does switch it. Tyler O'Neill hasn't played since, like, the beginning of May. What what kind of blackmail does he have on this organization? <laughs> my uh, belief is this is let's showcase Tyler O'Neill, and he will be gone within yeah. the next 11 days. That's what I... I'm operating on that premise. They're hoping he hits a couple home runs here in a week. Yeah. They can move him for somebody younger. Hey, Dylan Carlson, man, I, like I bashed him a bunch, but he is getting the absolute shaft. Like he, the last two games, he was so productive, kind of that spark plug. And then right when Tyler O'Neill has a two-month IL stint yeah. again, because like he has one or two of those every year, he's right back to the bench. Untradeable. By the way, a year <laughs> yeah. ago, he, at this time last year, untradeable, and now Tyler O'Neill, who done, done next to nothing in the last two years, takes his place. It, it's always bothered me when a guy has a big night and then he's on the bench the next game. I mean, they do that. That's not that uncommon for some of the fringe players. If somebody comes and has a couple hits or hits a home run, put him in the next night. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Almost all hitters are streak hitters. They get hot for a while and then they get cold for a while. That happens to almost all of them. And so well, why not ride the hot hand? Analytics be damned. If somebody's seeing the ball well and hitting the ball well, put him in there. Well, it's amazing to me is that one of the things that, that Marmol didn't do is have an outfield that was steady. I think in the first 50 games of the year, he didn't have the same lineup in the outfield in like three games. No. Changed it every night. And now that they're 10 games out, they come out and say, this is going to be our starting lineup, our starting outfield from here on out. What's the point yeah. of that? Just hoping some of these guys they want to trade get the hot. I don't want to bring up something like depressing, but if you go back to Oscar Tavares, it really, like the outfield and the the domino effect really happened right then and there because the desperation to get a Jason Hayward and then, you know, you're trying to fill Grich's Piscotti or give him back fat contract to Fowler because, yeah. you know, one cornerstone guy, you know, a young guy that's your future, suddenly passed away, obviously. Like, that that kind of started that, you know, just the outfield. And just, um, it, it, it just never is the same. It's always hyped up as being, you know, these three guys, you know, Tommy Pham and all that. Like, it just never pans out. And I feel like it started with that because you rushed to get Hayward. Yes, Hayward was a, a hot property there when they got him. He was. And, and he they tried well. to sign him, and they tried to sign David Price, mm-hmm. and they tried to sign Albert Pujols. So while there have been some debacles, they also missed on things yeah. that they wanted. They wanted Stanton, too. That's right. 
Yep, indeed. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. 314-881-TMA5. That is how you can text into the program, email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day, and, of course, call in for what is going to be an erotic press conference uh, Friday here on TMA 636-900-4 TMA. We're in the Michelob Ultra Studios. And if you are going to be having, what do you call it, Doug, a cookout? Is that what you say? If I usually say barbecue. Hmm. I don't say cookout. If you have that uh, barbecue slash cookout, get Andrea's Barbecue Sauce. Sweet mother of mercy. I've had it every day since being back in town. And I love it. And I enjoy the Andrea's Steak Sauce, which I've been using on my barbecue this week as well. And, of course, the Andrea's Steakhouse in Illinois. It's Andrea's, a wonderful sponsor of TMA, and you can get that barbecue sauce, that steak sauce at andreas.com and at Schnooks and at Deerberg's. Doug, tell me about your hair and how is it looking, and are you a naughty boy? Well, no, I'm not a naughty boy. I might be naughtier when my hair grows out. Mm. We have a, a hair transplant with St. Louis Hair Restoration. They say it takes about three months before you start to see some results and six to eight months before you get the, the big-time growth. And so it's a while. I think I'm on day 23 now. Here, you know, there's my front of my head for the YouTube crowd. You can see it's starting it looking? To, it's Ooh, starting you have some peach there. fuzz. Yeah, I got some peach fuzz there. Some of it falls out in the early weeks, but it comes back. Uh, the whole process is, uh, is, is very simple. As I've said a few times, there was no pain involved whatsoever. You go in in the morning like uh, 7.15, 7.30, and by <clears throat> 8 o'clock or so, they are during the, doing the procedure already. And then for me, I was done about 2.30 or 3, something like that. Nice. Yeah. So it wasn't bad. And they got uh, TV on there. You just sit and watch TV while, while they do it. You don't, you don't feel a darn thing. The whole thing is very, very pleasant. Dr. Polinga and Greg Kreiling are the absolute best. St. Louis hair restoration. If your hairline bothers you, the hairline, the bald spot in the back, any of it, there are solutions for you, and they've got those solutions at St. Louis Hair Restoration. They've even got a different solution for Jackson. Yeah, and I am a naughty boy. Oh! And, uh, um, they got me on the finasteride, uh, which is, you know, it's just a pill you take every morning. Helps uh, stop the loss of hair, or at least, you know, curbs it as much as it can and then you i take this laser cap they gave me it's really cool it's just this like simple it looks like a batting helmet mm-hmm. uh that i wear on my head for about six minutes a night super easy you don't feel a thing you just it does, your head doesn't get warm or anything no it's it's you, you forget it's on like it has a timer so it turns off but like you basically forget it's on your head it's super super easy so two really easy things that i do every day to help hair regrowth and then if that takes if there's good signs with that if my hair is showing great signs of of, of rebirth, then maybe we can move into the FUE procedure, just like Doug, and then we all are naughty boys. Oh. I don't. I don't think having a procedure makes you a naughty oh, boy. Makes me Jack. a naughty boy, and you can be a naughty boy too. St. Louis Hair Restoration. Com. <laughs> there it is. If you are injured in an accident, make sure you're working with CD Longo and Doug Biggs of Longo Biggs, a wonderful sponsor on this program, and they were set up at uh, the Dotum on uh, Doug. Was that on 16? Did you get a wedge there? Did you get a nine? You a little, for me, a little soft. Yeah, probably Gap. Uh, If you're injured in an accident, things can spiral out of control quickly. You might have medical bills piling up. You might not be able to work or provide for your family, and you're probably getting the runaround from the insurance company you've been talking to. So do not fight this fight alone. C.D. Longo and Doug Biggs of the Longo Biggs Injury Law Firm will take all the complication and hassle out of your injury claim. They'll deal with the insurance company and take the fight head on, allowing you to get back to what's important, which is recovering from your injury. 
injuries. CD and Duggar trial lawyers, meaning they won't settle if there's an obstacle or complication in your case. In fact, most cases have them. And Doug and CD will overcome those obstacles and take your case all the way to trial if necessary. In injury cases, there can be a lot of money on the line, and you shouldn't trust your case with just anyone. These are local guys. They're TMA listeners, and they practice law here in the St. Louis area. It's CD Longo and Doug Biggs. Longo Biggs Injury Law accepts personal injury, wrongful death, brain injury, and other catastrophic injury cases. They are online at longobiggs.com. Remember, the choice of an attorney is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Jackson should hit up the lake this weekend with his cute little bonnet and the yellow diaper. Huh. That's from the Hunchback of On Castle. Jackson, are you going to the lake this weekend? No. Nope. Wait, kind of... Well, why not? What's wrong with the lake? Yeah, I noticed. Did you pick that up? I, I did, did. Too. We just had the lake yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, dissing the lake? I was at the Table Rock. Uh, yeah, well, what, what if we want to go to, like, the nice one, Lake of the Ozarks? Mm, right. Uh, no, not for me. Not for me. Not this weekend, at least. It's not a Ledoux thing. Yeah, is I, I'm, I'm picking that's that up. True. I'm That's picking not it up. true. Elitist. There, there's plenty of people I know from Ledoux who love going up to the lake. I'm sure Lake Tahoe would suit you better, wouldn't yeah. it? I would love to go to Lake Tahoe. Yeah. yeah. Nice, there? Doug. Right. Got him. Love to gotcha. Go to Lake Tahoe. Lake Como. I'd love to go to Lake <laughs> Como. That's yeah. that's my dream. That's where I, if I if I won the lottery, that's right where I'd move. To Lake Como? Yep. Buy a villa. Hang out with Clooney. You wouldn't. You'd move to Italy if you won the lottery? Yeah, drink Pinot for the rest of my life. Well, you for, could do that my here. Say all, you say all this on Balloon Party today. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's is my dream. The working man and go like that. Why do you hate mid-America? I mean, I'd still keep property here. Wow. Oh, yeah, and, out to, and rent out property. to the lessers? Yeah. yeah. No. Keep property. I, if I won $1 billion, I wouldn't even go through the hassle of leasing <clears> out my place. Somebody won that in California, I think. Yeah. Yeah. How long will it take Jackson to take until Jackson mentions Chris Stapleton was in town last night, thus inducing a red geezer rant about how St. Louis can't book a top-tier band that, quote, ain't country? That's from Joan Jett's groping hand. What's a red geezer? Uh, Stapleton uh, really isn't in my purview. An old redneck? Would that be a red geezer? Hmm. Never heard the term. I haven't either. A lot of people were there. Do you go? No, I... Saw a bunch of pictures on Facebook. Seemed like everybody went. I think they they sell out. It seems virtually every big country act. They get. If you own that venue and you could sell it out three nights a week with country music, wouldn't you do it? Oh yeah, that's all that comes to Bush Stadium usually. <laughs> <laughs> well, even at uh, at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, they've had they've had big acts there all all summer. Well, you got to be pretty big if, to play Hollywood Casino. Yeah, or Bush Stadium. Even bigger. Yeah. Well, they've had pretty much all country music there. St. Louis known for one thing, getting the big acts. Well, we've had pretty big acts. We didn't get Taylor Swift. Are you upset by that? Post Malone and Snoop Dogg were in town last weekend. Right? Yeah. That act's actually pretty cool. Big. Post Uh-oh. Malone is pretty big. <laughs> there it was. There's some bitterness just under the surface beginning well, I mean, to bubble up. Well, I mean, Snoop Dogg was big. 20 years ago. I mean, Still a high Q rating. Did he sell out Hollywood Casino? I don't know. Yeah, probably close. A lot of people on the lawn. That's how you can figure it out. Well, yeah, you look around and you see if there's any room for anyone else. <laughs> well, if the lawn's busy. I mean, the lawn holds 15,000 of the 20,000 there. Yeah. So if the lawn is sparse, then you know they didn't sell very well. Well, that's true. I, w- I wasn't there to see it. I just wondered if, if you heard anything about the crowd size. 
I saw a lot of people went to that, too. Nelly came up and sang with them. Oh, yeah? What beat did they do? Uh, whatever Nelly's biggest one is. It's gotten hot in here. It got <laughs> What the dear mighty. I'm not familiar with a lot of his stuff, so. But he got up there and jammed with him. All right. So some of the old timers there. Wiz Khalifa, he's pretty old. and Not that old. Too short. I remember. Go on and on. That's one of the first rappers I ever heard my brother put in this just god-awful filthy song. I said, what is that? It was too short. KG in O-Town says it was packed at Snoop, and it was a surprisingly young crowd. Doug, it's KG in O-Town. Now, when a, when a group is up singing a song, a lot of people sing along with it. When the rappers are up there, do, do people rap along with the rappers? Yeah, they, oh, Snoop, yeah. Was, Snoop was holding the mic into the crowd quite a bit. He's the one guy I'd rather smoke with than see in concert, honestly. It's like a bucket list, like, What about, like, smoking. Willie Nelson? Same. And my buddy just saw Willie Nelson, and he kind of felt bad. He's a huge fan, but he said he was, like, sitting in the recliner for, like, 90% of it. Oh, that. yeah, he's, like, 90 by now. <laughs> I think he is. He is. He is. Yeah. He is. I would have gone just to see Robert Plant yeah, and that... Allison Krauss, which doesn't seem like a, a mix with Willie Nelson's kind of music. I saw Willie Nelson on the Country Music Awards maybe two years ago. And I thought, boy, this has got to be the farewell appearance here. I mean, the guy can barely sing a note. I, I felt bad for him. And now to hear he's still going two years later, he's still up there giving concerts? You know, yeah. he pretty much founded Los Lonely Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. W- Willie? Yeah. Los Lonely Boys are playing some little club, um, and Willie Nelson's nephew was in the crowd and saw him and introduced himself and said, my uh, my uncle Willie has a, a recording studio in Texas. We'd love, I'd like to bring you down there and put some tracks down. Yeah. And Willie was there, and Willie listened to me because you guys go in places. I'm going to do this album for you. So Willie Nelson pretty much founded the Los Lonely Boys. Uh, discovered them. Speaking of a uh, legendary, yeah, uh, I saw that this morning. I said, artist, excuse me. I saw that this morning. Yeah, what you're going to say? Oh, uh, Tony Bennett. Uh, Doug has passed away oh, at the no. age of 96. God, he was... Boy, that's a long run. That's a great life. It's another guy who was still doing concerts. He was. Well into his 80s. He won 19 Emmys, or 19 Grammys. 17 of them after he was 60 years old. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know who would have had a more successful career late in life than him. I don't know. Well, he started when he started doing those duet albums. I mean, every one of them went to number one. Yeah. He did. Well, he did the solo on Gaga, Cheek to Cheek. It's one of my prized <laughs> possessions. I have a CD signed by Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. It's a prized possession? That's actually... One of my prized possessions. That's not bad, actually. It's a pretty good yeah. kit. Now, how did you get that? Uh, Lady Gaga's people sent it to me. Huh, her peeps did. You know, speaking of Lady Gaga, me and Madison snuggled up on the couch last night. We're watching Gossip Girl. We're on season four. Are you? Gaga's on that. Gaga makes a... She does um, applause, I do believe, or poker face. One of the two. Yes. And, yeah, she's in it for a good five minutes doing a concert. It's That was shocking to me. Again, this is probably 06, probably when this season was... Hinton, so she wasn't hugely popular. She looks so much different now than what she did then. 
But I thought, I thought of Iggy right when I saw Lady Gaga take the stage during a Gossip Girl episode. I remember my dad told okay. me a story. <clears throat> I think my mom told it to me, actually. Um, how they met Frank Sinatra at the Chase Park Plaza Hotel. And my mom was, my mom and dad were saying hi to him. And my dad said, you know Tony Bennett very well? Can you introduce me to Tony Bennett when he comes to town? Hmm. My dad wanted to meet Tony Bennett so well, so much, that he asked Frank Sinatra if he could introduce him to Tony Bennett. Did it work? No, I mean, Tony Bennett wasn't there. I don't know why we'd ask that question. But my dad was always a big fan of Tony Bennett. He got to meet him. Really? When he was in St. Louis. Right. There you go. <clears throat> they used to all go through the chase. They used oh, yeah. to be a yeah. big venue. That's right. If you read that book by Kitty Kelly, which is the unauthorized biography of Frank Sinatra, it's just fascinating. He, he actually uh, punched some guy in the face in the elevator at the Chase Park Plaza. Did he? Why? <clears throat> I don't know. Guy kept coming up to the table and asking him for an autograph or whatever, and then they got in the elevator, and the guy came up to him, and Sinatra had had enough. He just punched him right in the face. I, can you do that? You can't do that. Hey, if you're the can. chairman, you can. Sinatra can. Yeah, Chase Park Plaza was hopping back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was that was the it spot. It's still a pretty cool place. Good food. Tenderloin room. Owned by... God, I know this and I can't think of it. Goldfinger. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's our connection to the Tenderloin room. Friend of the show. Well, rest in peace, Tony. In my, in my estimation, in my opinion, I think he's the best crooner of all time. Doug Miller's crooners. I think he's got the best voice out of Sinatra, Dean Martin, who you would consider a crooner back in the I day. I like Dean Martin. He was about my favorite. Nat King Cole would be a crooner. Yeah. Perry Como. I think. Harry Connick Jr. No. Yes, he is. He thinks he's a crooner. He just tries to... He's a crooner! Tries to imitate Sinatra, but he's... Don't get upset with him. He's a crooner. He's a modern-day crooner. There aren't many of them still. Uh, Send in your Mount Rushmore of crooners to the EDF group text inbox. Doug, uh, Cardinals are uh, have been in last place, but they are number one in the television ratings nationally, despite being on pace for a record low... St. Louis yeah. figure. The Cardinals uh, are well out of a playoff spot and acknowledge this week that they plan to be selling at the trade deadline. And nonetheless, Cardinal fans continue to watch the team on television at a rate higher than all other U.S.-based MLB teams. That's despite the uh, club being on a pace for a record low-rated season in St. Louis. Cardinals, who are near the bottom of the National League standings for their play on the field, are number one in terms of television ratings among American clubs for their locally produced Telecast, the Phillies and Brewers third. Uh, Phillies and Brewers second. Uh, Milwaukee is third. Uh, the Redbirds also are top the St. Louis ratings heap for viewership among programs on all stations when they play in prime time. In addition, hmm. Bailey's says use of its app to stream Cardinals games is up 27% over the same point last season. So uh, the Cardinals and uh, Chip Carey in his first year top amongst major league markets, despite the fact that the team has been in last place for the vast majority yeah. of the season. We've got the best fans in TV. That's nice. This is our culture here. That's what we do. I was going to say, why do you think that is? I, I get drawing 40000 because you're giving things away. That's not why they draw 40000 that. It's not the only reason they draw 40000 No, it's a big reason. It is not. 
People go whether they on nights when they don't give away anything. They still have big crowds. But why would you sit in front of a TV and watch a terrible baseball There's nothing team? to do here, and that's like the, the only salvation. Yeah. It's yeah I can't think of a reason why you would sit in front of your TV in the summer and watch a Cardinal There's baseball game. There's nothing to... Because I mean, there is things to do, but, like, most people just don't. If you do go anything. to a diehard football town, you know, Green Bay, Denver, Pittsburgh... If their teams have horrible years and people still watch, well, you get to watch that's just games. in the culture. There's eight games to watch when you're at home and 162. The Cardinals are probably the, the single most important entity in St. Louis. That's just, it's ingrained in the culture here. That's what people do. How many games have you been to this year, Tim? Two? Um, I think that's actually right. I, went, I took my son to see the Angels, and we had our TMA day at the ballpark. Yeah. I've been a one. That was it. But I don't, but I mean, I, I also don't really go all that much in general anymore. I was lucky enough to go when I was working with Doug at KMOV and loved it. And just when you have a five year old and a one year old, as anybody who has had a five year old and a one year old at the same time would know, that just reduces your flexibility. You know, if our kids were grown or if we didn't have kids, it might be a way to just go out during the week and have some booze and hang out, you know. I love going to Blues games, yeah. but I think it's in part because my son seemingly is into hockey. I still like going to both. Last place or not, it's still a fun night, fun time to go. Yeah, that's kind of like for people my age, like you just kind of you go and hang out and you watch. Then you the go game. to Wheelhouse. Yeah, and you go, it's like you go hang out at the bars afterwards. Like it's less yeah. so about necessarily the game itself. It's just a, a fun place to Yeah, I get that. But why I'm, I'm But that's why what it is. That's why what TV, it's all about. Why TV? You're not at the game. You don't have the atmosphere. You can't get a hot dog. You can't. You're sitting at home on your couch watching a terrible baseball game in the middle of summer. I guess there's no Mexican novellas to watch. What was that? <laughs> Telenovelas. Telenovelas. Senior Cielos, Doug. Senior, Senior Cielos. That's, that's run its course. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Well, the B-fibs, you know, if they don't watch, then they're no longer going to, you know, if the ratings are bad, they're going to say, look what we're doing. But the key is they've been so successful for so long that it's ingrained in the culture here. People are into the team. We're a sports team. Good years and bad years, people are still into it. Not Maybe not you, but the masses are. I guess. Well, just by the ratings, you're right, but I don't get it. So a lot of people wouldn't get why you sit and watch golf. It's just personal preference. But in this, in this town, baseball is king. Well, I watch it, but the ratings aren't that great for golf, so... Not a ton of people watching. And you probably don't understand why people don't watch more. Because it's your interest level. Because golf can be boring to watch. I'll admit that. I don't watch a lot of it. Baseball can be boring to watch, too. But I don't know. What else? Well, golf I I watch for the players because I play DraftKings. Then I play DraftKings, and if Tiger's not in the field or it's not an elevated event, I'm probably not watching. No. Well, maybe you'd watch more baseball if you played fantasy baseball nightly. I'd probably just watch box scores. Watch the box scores. <laughs> now that's boring. Well, I got to look at the box score a couple times. I don't have to sit there and watch the entire mm-hmm. game. Now this is a major, so I'm checking the phone for the leaderboard, and I'll go home and sit in front of the couch, like I was sitting in front of the TV on the couch like I did yesterday, up until three in the afternoon watching. For how many hours did you watch? Well, I didn't start watching until like eleven. And it was only on till a little after two, two thirty. So, 
But this weekend, I mean, I'll probably get up at 7 and watch all day. Oh, God. You can just sit there on the couch like eight hours and watch it? Yeah, might do something else. What else would you do? I don't know. Go outside, get some fresh air, stretch, <laughs> smoke a cigarette, <laughs> go back in. Busy, busy, busy. Well, you got to cut back a little bit. And <laughs> you get old, you just, you're content. But I do like the majors, so the British Open. I'm not a big fan of the British Open because I don't know what kind of cameras they use over there, but they don't pick up the ball very well. I bet it's the same kind of camera. Well, it's know. the Rory Open. Any If Rory sneezes, there's going to be live coverage, two reporters and 800 people surrounding him trying to get the Kleenex. Kind of, oh. even John Rahm was pissed. Why? This is just the overflow of Rory media coverage. He said he couldn't breathe. He said he was being run over by cameramen as if he was like, wasn't even there. Really? Trying to keep up pace with well, Rory. He's the biggest star. I mean, they did that with Tiger. This is local British press? Yeah, there? but Tiger had a personality. I don't know if Rory has one. But I wouldn't say they all showed. I mean, of course, now it's Live Nation Twitter account, which is fake. Uh, and I don't even know why I follow this guy. But he's complaining that Phil got no TV time yesterday. I, mean, I think I saw every Phil birdie. And I think I saw like eight holes Phil was on. And he shot four over. Well, what they did... So they how much are you going to show them? But they showed a lot of golf yesterday. I mean, I saw... God, it must have shown 50 different guys hitting shots. Okay. So I thought the coverage was good. I mean, granted, you're going to see all of Rory's shots. Uh, Mike Tirico, was he there at 18? <laughs> Mike Tirico, again, does what he does at every tournament. They go to him to tell some story, and then he just does play-by-play for like five holes. All right, back to you guys. Why did you even come on? You don't like it at all, do you? No, I just he just doesn't have to be there every time. If well, you want to do if you want if you want to go to and he wasn't in the booth when I saw him he's like in a studio. Well, it's been a great day. Let's go through some of the highlights. And then you have him showing the highlights and he goes, "Let's go back out to the action." Here's Roy for birdie on 7. Looks like a little uphill. Well, you're not, why are you doing it? Go back to the Why would that Go back to the guys you? doing it. It doesn't bother me. I just don't understand it. What they did to Cam Smith was dirty. Not put what him on the web, not put him on the website. The defending champ and not putting him in a feature group. It's not putting him on the website. Like there was like their their open website. Like they're usually the defending champ has like a header, you know, and like there and the, didn't do that. Wasn't in a feature group. What they did to him was dirty, man. They're so petty. they both both sides dirty. are petty, but like Cam Smith got no love this week, and he's the defending champ. Disappointing. Yeah. And the media column I saw where I, I found out that Trico was doing this. <laughs> but they also said Trico was working alongside Nick Faldo. I didn't see Faldo yesterday. Did you? I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> Doug, I uh, don't know about Nick Faldo, but I do know there is a player on the golf course at the top of the leaderboard with a five-stroke lead. Who was that? Brian Harmon, who I would tower over, so uh, I guess he's got to be my favorite player. Uh, Brian Harmon has just eagled the 18th hole to drop to 10 under par, and he is leading Tommy Tommy Fleet Fleet at the Open. Uh, He is 10 under Tommy Tommy Fleet Fleet. Won't take the course for about 50 minutes. Uh, Brian Harmon shot a 65 today to uh, pair with his 67 from the first round. And the little hunter from Georgia is the little hunting, hunter. He's a little hunter 
from Georgia is uh, now 10 under par through two rounds. He has been playing really good golf. He's not certainly a household name, but he has been, he's been playing well. And uh, he has a five-stroke lead. And the weather is supposed to kick up a bit in the afternoon. So he might be carrying uh, a lead of five or more going into the weekend. Brian Harmon is uh, the leader at the Open. Other one of us has him, Doug. Which one? Oh, I do. Oh, do so, you? Yeah. You'd like some praise for that now? <laughs> I tell you, the last five, six weeks, I've had the guy that's right up there on my team. Last week, I had uh, the winner in the Barbersall, believe it or not. Uh, I had Vincent Victor Norman. Vincent you Norman. would like us to sing your praises at this point? I had McIntyre last week. Like, what are they going to do for the weekend? It could be like nobody watching. Like, unless somebody makes a run, the, the leaderboard is kind of, I'm not saying trash, it's just not oh, very... Five shots could disappear in two holes. At, yeah, at that course, it certainly could. But uh, if the weather yeah, picking up in the afternoon, then... That's the thing to keep an eye on, because Fleetwood isn't in, in, you know, they're six hours ahead. So we'll see. Uh, Fleetwood's the closest, and he hasn't teed off. Uh, you could have some big names missing the cut as this thing uh, plays out. Some players are already done. Rory is looking like he will be around. He is uh, one under on the day and one under on the tournament, but that means he's nine back. Tyrrell Hatton, one under for the tournament, nine back. And uh, as far as the big boys, the Rom Scheffler category, John Rom's out there fighting for his life. The cut on ESPN.com is projected to be plus two, but on Data Golf, which actually operates more with three, with projections, uh, the number is expected to be four. Uh, that's 50% plus three, 41%, plus five is actually in play. Can you imagine making the cut and being 15 strokes off the lead? But that's what uh, is in play, depending on the conditions in. Uh, Liverpool this afternoon, and keep in mind that uh, you also have some some big names uh, in addition to Rom who are not going to be around this weekend. Justin Thomas, I don't know what's going on with him. I think he's hurt. He shot an 82. Yeah, I've done that. Well, not there, but uh, he carded a nine on the 18th hole as he went bunker to bunker around the green. Done that. He's even today and uh, has four holes remaining, but he uh, is 11 over par. Dustin Johnson went out today and put up a big number. He shot 81, uh, so he is done. Denny McCarthy, who has been, I know he's not a big name at all, but he's been playing well. He is uh, 12 over for the tournament. Phil Mickelson, 10 over for the tournament. And I felt like I saw another name of no Justin Rose and Joaquin Neiman, both seven over. They won't be around. Colin Morikawa may not be around. Uh, he is five over right now. Thagala's five over, and he's in. So he's unless it drops to five over, he's done. Uh, and like I said, John Rahm is at uh, three over par. I would think he'll get in. He has four holes left. Uh, Tony Finau, where he be now, he is at three over as well. This golf talk here on TMA is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. For sponsorship packages or to purchase tickets to the PGA Tour Champions event September 5th through the 10th, visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. Doug, the open, the little hunter from Georgia, you call him. I, I, I never have one time said that. Yeah. What about that no, amateur who's six foot eight? Just hitting bombs. You like a tall drink of water who can hit bombs? He's standing next to his caddy. He's like a whole 
torso taller than him. Who is this? Who did you say? Christo. Uh, Laubrecht. Laubrecht, yeah. He's six foot eight. And he's a uh, South African gentleman. Yeah. He's a Georgia Tech, I believe. Yeah. I think his assistant coach from Georgia Tech is caddying for him. Okay. Speaking of caddies, how long before JT fires Bones? I think if Justin Thomas knows he's hurt, he knows not to put it on Bones. They won a PGA Championship together, but maybe he's not hurt. I just he's he's played so badly this year in majors that I just think. Because I was asking my wizard guy, I go, what the hell's going on with Dustin Chant and Justin Thomas? And he goes, the understanding is that he's got a, I think a hip injury, and it's causing him not to fire, and his club head speed is down about I don't know material amount. But yesterday it was short game stuff, and I do think. You know, certainly everybody tilts. It's just a matter of how you can compartmentalize it. But I think he tilts, and then it just goes off the rails. And it also cuts the other way. If he goes out and he starts off birdie, birdie, he can wind up going out and sh shooting a 62. Um, but uh, this year, I mean, he, he might not make the Ryder Cup team. That's yeah. going to be uh, the real decision for, for Zach Johnson, to have a guy who's been as good as he's been in the Ryder Cup, has, has been really successful with P. Reed, actually, but also with Spieth. Uh, and to not have him on the Ryder Cup team. I mean, he might not make the FedEx Cup playoffs at this point. So that is, that's a spot where you just assumed he would be on the Ryder Cup, and now he might not be a part of it. And if he does, I think there would be a lot of question as to if he's just getting on because of his resume or if he's getting on because he deserves it, because statistically he certainly does not deserve this. Uh, Tim, mic drop has been filed for balloon party, and my head is pounding for the next two hours. Oh. Uh, Stephen Wildwood. So What's Jackson will have a, Yeah, what can you be upset about here? Maybe he's got a hangover. That's why his head's pounding. No, he really goes deep when he leaves those mic drops. Yeah, I don't know. Probably the deadline. Like they're winning, so they won't. So they won't sell, and they'll buy instead. That could. If I had to guess. Well, and then he'll pivot to the in the media in this town. Yeah, yeah. the media is very soft. The media. In this yeah, town. it's our fault. It's an embarrassment. Yeah. We are soft. What happened with the Cardinals is clearly on us. Maddie Nate told you you you're to blame. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, I definitely. Doug said they were going to get to ninety. We did not break into programming during the Arenado trade. Is that what he was upset by? Yeah, and that you weren't there that night. That well, night. I weren't yeah, there. To... Well, I had worked there for. They almost wanted you to two carry years. the press conference live. Yeah. Why weren't you there at the tarmac when Arenado came signed his deal? Uh, it's it's just a big miss, is all it was. <laughs> Yeah, at the time, you were working like six days a week. It came with being the one day you weren't there. It was an Arnada. Pretty much, yeah. And we did not break into programming. Not even a scroll at the bottom? I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah, I feel bad in hindsight. I feel horrible about it. It's funny. It. They broke into golf last Sunday eight times because there may have been some rain in Sullivan. Now that's got you up to <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. It was your, it was your channel. Oh. We'll get back to the golf in just a bit, but you can see this line of thunderstorms moving into Sullivan. Does Sullivan even pick up KMOV? Sure. All right. Well, who cares? Well, the people down there care. It was rain. It wasn't no. It wasn't tornadoes. It wasn't. It was just rain. What had to be more than that? It had to be no. a severe thunderstorm or something. All right. The thunderstorms. Look outside. Oh, clouds. It may rain. Yeah. There was no tornadoes. And I'm all for if there's tornado watches to, to break in, because you can save lives. It was thunderstorms. You don't need to break into golf with four holes to go to tell me there's thunderstorms moving towards Sullivan. Well, the golf was still on, though, wasn't it? It's just a crawl at no, the bottom? No, no. He, they... he broke into golf. 
Yes, I'll get back to golf in just a minute. Just want to update this. It's like he's apologizing that he broke in because you know everybody's saying, get back to golf. Don't worry, we'll get back to golf here in just a minute. But I want to throw this line of thunderstorms heading towards Sullivan. <clears throat> it's not even in St. Louis. <laughs> well, so high Sullivan, Herman. It's our viewing area. It's our viewing area. Get emotional during these takes. Those are important like people, too, just because they don't live in St. No, Louis frog proper. <laughs> they're still important people. I could have... I Kept talking like Nina Blackwood. I thought I'd clear my throat. Uh, that was actually the one I was looking for. Hi, Doug. I broke into golf. That actually sounds a lot like Nina. You and your net, your Nina and your Ned sound really good. Right. And so did the Exorcist uh, imitation. I don't think that didn't sound like Linda Blair, really. Do the Damien thing again. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's about the best. Well, I had two different voices. He did the Damien. Damien. <laughs> but then they did the, your mother sucks. Oh, easy now, easy. So Damien, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> but then he changed into the other voice. That's a great movie. Terrace, your mother, in hell. Then mm. the head went twisting around. Yeah, I remember that. And then she got naked in a couple of prison movies. Oh, did she really? So the career kind of went Transition. sour after that. Transition. That was such a groundbreaking movie that it was hard to see her as anything else afterwards. Man. I think she's in a new Exorcist movie. There's a new Exorcist Wait. movie coming out in one of the Blades. You're not done with them yet? She's got to be in her 50s. Well, I'd take oh, the over yeah. on that. Yeah. I think I'd go movie. over. Because that came out in the early 70s. Oh, I don't think she hit 60. Doug, what do you want to do? You want to bet it or not? Well, it's been 50 years since 50... the movie came out. Yeah, she's, she's got to be in. She's 64 be... bills. Really? Born in St. Louis. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. I didn't know that. So I was going to interview her, but she said she won't talk about The Exorcist. So what's the tired hell? of it. What, what the hell? It? There's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, it made me rich and famous, but don't ask me about it. So yeah. we had Elizabeth Berkeley on, and she said she wouldn't talk about showgirls. Yeah. And then Tim Hester. <laughs> the Exorcist Believer comes out, and both Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn are in it, <laughs> reprising their roles. God, Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn. Hey. Boy, she's really got <laughs> What are they doing Ellen here? Burstyn is 90 years young. Oh, oh. Do they not have any more ideas now? It's correct, Plowock. They don't. I mean, they're 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 officially out, right? Like they're out of ideas. Not for Oppenheimer. Jackson calls it good. Yeah, yeah I can't is. wait. To it's see really it. outstanding. I saw the coming the attractions. Bar goes down and it's uh, out today, Doug. It is really really good. Mm-hmm. Sound of Freedom was great. I saw that the other night. I heard that was really good as well. Great movie. Yeah. I thought of you the other night, Jackson, when mm-hmm. you you wouldn't give the update on uh, Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. and I won't give the guy's name, but he posts movie reviews on Facebook. And he started giving a review of it, and I commented, I said, may want to wait for that embargo to... Oh, it was done at 11 a.m. on Wednesday, so anything after that... But I think it was Tuesday night he was doing it. I don't know. Maybe he went to a different screening. I'm not sure. But... Would you guys go see the Barbie movie? I can't wait to see it. Oh, I'm really? jacked up for it. Jackson really? brought that up on uh, Balloon Party, and you might be surprised to hear that it didn't play well. <laughs> I oh, my think God. So. There can't be too many Barbie goers <laughs> in that text line. Why do you want to see Barbie? Uh, it's made by Greta Gerwig. Oh, oh, there sure. you go. That of course, we're going to see it now. See yeah. You the movies. <laughs> great director who's got great cinematography work, and uh, his, his, his direction is just unbelievable. <laughs> Her name is Greta. Greta Female Gerwig. director. Greta Gerwig. She's married to Noah Baumbach. You may have seen his film Marriage Story. Oh, no. Yes, of course we did. Um, was nominated for a bunch of awards. I try to never miss a, a Greta Gerwig movie. <laughs> she made Lady Bird, uh, and then she also made Little Women in 2019. So this is her third... Uh, time around as a director, and I can't wait to see it. I Little love Margot Robbie, 
And uh, yeah, I don't. I don't care that it's you know, called Barbie. If it's a good movie, I'll go see it. So you pick a movie based on who the director is? If there are like, some directors, I will go see their movie no matter what. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. No doubt. Christopher Nolan's in that category for me, who made Oppenheimer. Uh, Wes Anderson, who just had a movie come out in June. Absolutely. Lauren's dressed up like Barbie today. Oh, 808. <laughs> 808. Okay. 808 heartbreaks. Yeah, she wanted a selfie. She goes, let's get a selfie, Barbie and Ken. Oh, nice. You enjoyed that. That's got to be the highlight of your time here at Hubbard. <laughs> I've taken a lot of selfies with Learn. I've got a landing strip. Is that what you said to I her? don't believe I've mentioned that. It'd be down in the HR department. So she's wearing all pink today? Yeah, she is. Will you wear your pink tomorrow, maybe? Mm. Maybe. You won't pink see it. But no, maybe yeah, Monday. Monday. I like cookies. <laughs> Ken doesn't wear pink, does he? I don't know. I... Believe it or not, I've missed this I, particular Greta I, Gerwig film. Every time I've seen Ken and Barbie, they're naked. Well, it comes out what? today. <laughs> well, naked? What do you mean naked? No, you see the dolls with no clothes on us. Why would you I've see the dolls with no clothes I've never dressed a doll, on. so... Well, they come well, That's dressed. when I go to nieces' houses, but they, they didn't have clothes on them. They didn't dress them, so they're just dead dolls laying there. Well, there are... Okay. They do come with clothes when you do buy them. I don't know why. I know you do, but, you know, unless you're going to sit there and play Barbie and dress them up, the dolls are usually naked laying in a box mm. somewhere. <laughs> Guys, my sources told me that before they filmed the famous scene in The Exorcist, they went to dinner at the Fazoli's off Dorset <gasps> before stopping to serve as an elderly man in his efficiency apartment. Oh. That's from glove blogger Tom Traven. Really? That makes no sense. <laughs> so Linda Blair and her company uh, went to dinner and then came over to my house for what? Oral. Because they had just been to Fazoli's. Oh, you're trying to tie in the throwing up in the sink and all that. Okay. He yeah. essentially kissed me on the earlobe, and his breath smelled like pastrami. With okay. a hint of dill. Hoffman. Ooh, pastrami and dill. That sounds gross. Both are great separate. Yeah. You think it's possible for someone to be possessed? Is that even possible, or are we just making no. that up for a movie? No. I would uh, tend to think the latter. It's just major mental illness, right? I don't know. Major I mean, psychiatric. Was, they did problem. do exorcism back in the day. I know. They, but I, I think they still would. And it's usually in foreign lands. Foreign lands. <laughs> it has to just be a major psychological breakdown, right? I would tend to think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, there are people you talk to, priests that say that they do change voices and they do embody somebody else and I don't know. I've never seen it, so I don't know. Why do people sell things on Facebook Marketplace for a dollar? <laughs> yeah, is it worth the hassle is of someone coming to your worth house? The messaging and the being at your house so somebody can pick up that dollar item. I wouldn't think Can you just go to Goodwill and give it away? Yeah. Sorry. That gets to me. Sell so a puzzle. Thousand piece puzzle for a dollar. And I'm thinking I bet there's not the full thousand pieces in there. Probably oh, you paid a full dollar for it. Yeah, you'd be upset. I just don't know. It's Why just, would you drive the, somewhere to pick up a puzzle for a dollar? It's both. Both sides are wasting so much valuable mm -hmm. time. Time is valuable in your life. I guess and picking up a dollar puzzle twenty minutes away from your house doesn't seem like it's it. Is this the modern day garage sale? Used to be garage sales were common. We have them in our neighborhood all the time. Yeah, people come and look at your junk that you're trying to get rid of and say, you got a 50 cents on there and say, would you take 45 cents? <laughs> How about 47? Oh, deal. They won't let me sell my Playboys on it, though. 
guess you can't sell nudie mags on marketplace. Yeah. How about eBay? Definitely sell them on eBay for sure. They got some vintage. No, then I have to mail them out and all that stuff. I just come pick them up. So you're not doing any work for it. No, I don't have to go through all that mailing it out. And plus, I don't have Venmo, so. Well, I don't think you'd need Venmo for an eBay. Not going to mail me a check. PayPal. It's PayPal is how they do it. I don't have that either. Well, you could get it if you really want to <laughs> sell these things. I don't have enough. It requires some effort. <laughs> I don't have so a, easy. I just want to sell the Playboys. I don't have anything it's else to so sell. so easy. What well, I we're telling you how to do it. So somebody says I'll pay fifty cent or fifty percent over market value for the Playboy, but you need a Venmo. What do you? Well, then I would get it. But okay. I mean, you're talking about oh, that's worth a dollar. Uh, you got it. You're buying them all. I'm selling all four hundred of them. You're not going to pick and choose. I'll take the Anna Nicole Smith one. No, you either buy them all, or you get nothing. Well, don't get upset at your customer who's trying <laughs> to buy something from you. Well, we go to Plowsy's thing, a jigsaw puzzle for a buck. Somebody says I'll give you two bucks for that one. No, I'm not. I'm not selling him. I'm Why gonna, not? I'm gonna I go pick through topic. it. Here's here's two bucks. No, buy well, you're them all. Mad at people who I are want trying them, to buy something. I want from them you. all out of my closet. There's four boxes of Playboys. But that's on you. It's not on the customer who might buy one or two. Well, I'm not selling him one or two. Why not? What is what kind of a dent is that going to put in it? Well, get what you can for what what's sellable. No, I want them all out. I need the room. I. Well, why don't you just pick them up and throw them in the dumpster? Golf clubs in the corner. I guess. Throw them in the dumpster. Pass them out to high school kids. <laughs> They'd be appreciative. That'd be a great moment. Well, I saw my first Playboy in <laughs> grade school. Oh, wow. uh, if you're interested in Nikki's Playboys, just text in 314-881-TMA5. Uh, it's the EDF group text inbox. That's how you can get involved. With this radio program, engineer, design, facilities, the EDF Group uh, is the sponsor of our text inbox. Check out their newly revamped website, theedfgroup.com, and take a look at each of the three divisions they have to offer. EDF Group is your one throat to choke for all your critical facilities, data center, commercial fire alarm, and critical electrical and IT infrastructure needs. So contact the EDF Group, email fire. At theedfgroup.com, experience the EDF Group difference and learn more at theedfgroup.com. Don't tell the people who are title sponsors because he's online at thehomeloanexpert.com and his name is Ryan Kelly. That's exactly what his name is. It's uh, a challenging time to try to buy a house, but it can be done. It's a daunting task right now. Inventory is near record lows, prices record highs. Not a good combination to try to get in the market. And homes are going quick, so you have to be ready if you're looking to buy. Don't miss out on your dream home. Let Ryan Kelly and the Home Loan Experts help you get a leg up on the competition, make the process of buying a home a fun and less stressful thing. The Home Loan Expert and Ryan Kelly can pre-approve you the very day that you call in, and you get a 10-day closing guarantee. Realtors who accept offers love that. If you're even considering buying a new home, call Ryan Kelly and the Home Loan Experts. They'll educate you so you don't miss out on your dream home when it hits the market. It all starts at thehomeloanexpert.com. Thank you so much, Ryan Kelly. Thank you so much, Sir Mortgage. Sponsor of the 7 o'clock hour is Munganass. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota online. It's stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. And then there's a secret number 
314-252-0029. All you do is you text or call, and you're going to be put in touch with the, Doug, what do you call Muckety Mucks? Is that I do, yeah, the Muckety Mucks at, uh, at Munganess. You know? Yeah, that's uh, Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganess, the service department. Even if you didn't get your car from there, get it serviced there. It's Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, sponsor of our 7 o'clock hour, which we're still in. And also uh, the Daily Fantasy Sports Showdown. It's Munganass, St. Louis Actor, and Alton Toyota, official automotive provider of TMA, the Tim McKernan Show podcast. This week's episode, a deep dive on Jackson and the presenting sponsor of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It's Munganass, St. Louis Actor, and Alton Toyota. Support the sponsors, and that is a great sponsor to work with. The 7 o'clock hour sponsor, Munganass, St. Louis Actor, and Alton Toyota. Send your emails in for our design, air, heating, and cooling email the day, the morning after, at inside. InsideSTL.com, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. We have the drops of the week coming up along with the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. You are listening to the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios.